Welcome everybody to this week's edition of Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk here on CKCC Radio. I am your host Chris O'Mealy, joined by Dan Peck. Booyah! And Glenn Kukan. I have returned. And, you know, we still have our places. Podbean, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So check us out. I don't know how you're listening to us, but thank you for listening to us. And you have lots of other network shows you can check out on CKCC Radio, including Real Paranormal Talk with Jeff Trelowitz. Jeff, of course, a patron of the Club Kayfabe community and has made appearances on this show, including last week, covering for Glenn while he was off. And you can check that out. Uh, Jay Bunny's Music Hub with Jason Shin. We just uploaded his fifth episode of we're going through the uh, the past log so you can check that out and a brand new show airing the first monday of every month now live our own adrian cotton and the motivational moves podcast episode one now available so check that out as well and making moves making moves making motivational moves nice oh adrian i know you're listening the motivational swagger so I recorded a uh, an intro piece for him, and now I think uh, you need to do it. <laughs> I think you need to replace the one I did. Adrian, I know you're listening. Uh, contact Dan. You've got your new tagline. <laughs> got your new tagline. Um, we do, even though CKCC Radio is a podcasting channel, we do like to support non-podcast content and creativeness. So... My buddy Mark just launched Mark Reviews the blog. Something you guys can check out. Uh, so markreviews.wordpress.com is very first article now up. He does two reviews. He reviews a movie he just saw in the theaters and one that you can rent or stream or whatever. You know, the second one's always going to be available on home video in some capacity. So you can rent. <laughs> hey, some people still do it. There's no such thing. There's no, uh, not some people like you and me, but no, <laughs> there is totally still such thing. Uh, first one was a review of the rhythm section, which very interesting review, especially considering the fact that I've never even heard of this movie. And then he reviewed the horror film Gretel and Hansel. Oh, I got to see that. His uh, he offers a uh, a one sentence review at the very beginning to give you an idea before he goes into detail. For Gretel and Hansel, it's creepy. Hold the scares. So that's your uh, that's your teaser for that one. It so check that out. Thanks. <laughs> check that out and show Mark some love. And then, of course, for artwork, our residential artist is still Brian Beinman. And he is still producing artwork. In fact, his latest piece, which I really enjoyed, was a compilation of all of the defunct attractions in the theme parks. So, like, he did a uh, a very, very detailed universal thing. or uh, And it's everything that used to exist at Universal Studios that's no longer there. Because Brian also works at Universal and Entertainment. Ah, okay. And the last piece he did was for Aerosmith's Rock and Roller Coaster, and it's uh, it's Aerosmith all playing their instruments. 
with the coaster flying through, of course, with the big donut sign. Cleveland, are you ready to rock? <laughs> On your stretch, your super stretch limo. And Steven Tyler's awesome acting skills are on display there. Springfield. <laughs> Wait a minute. I love that idea. Hey, Aerosmith performed at Moe's Tavern at one point. Moe even performed with them. Walk this way. In his Moe voice. So Cleveland, right? <laughs> exactly. And Cleveland. Since the uh, majority of our demographic is male, I'm going to be under the assumption that you guys like beautiful women. And I'm not hearing any objections. And Heather Quinn is one of the most beautiful women walking the planet. Her cosplays will be on display, as well as all of her modeling. Her newest creation is a Phantom of the Opera cosplay that she did with K Cosplay. And they did it at Whole Mat 2019. It's a very, very cool looking design here. And that was to celebrate uh, Phantom's anniversary. Uh, I cannot remember the exact year Phantom came out, but it was a, it was a marquee anniversary. And... The Pantages Theatre in Toronto. <laughs> did you guys get those commercials down in, over in Jersey? I think so. Like yeah. five straight years, like nearly every commercial break. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Come see. Phantom of the Opera. I mean... At the Pantages Theater in Toronto. It wasn't in Toronto. It was in New York City, but we absolutely had those commercials. We got the Come to Toronto commercial. I've seen the one at the Pantages Theater. Because you're you're closer to Canada, you're closer to Toronto than you were to New York City, so of course you did. I don't know about that. Seen it like four times. Phantom's great. Phantom's an awesome play. If it that's Phantom is one of those plays. If you're gonna go to Broadway and you're gonna see your first play on Broadway, that should be one that you see. Before you see anything else. Because it's a classic, it's a masterpiece, and it's one of those plays that incorporates the uh, the attraction of Broadway and the, the scale of Broadway. So, like, I'm a big fan of Avenue Q. I think that's a great play. It's hysterical because it's basically adult Sesame Street. But there's nothing spectacular about it visually. You want to go and see Phantom as your first play. Uh I could, you could even argue the Mary Poppins play we saw on Broadway was fr- a friggin' visual, st- stunning masterpiece. Not just because people walk on the ceiling and she floats over the crowd, which was part of it. But, like, you know, you got you want to see on Broadway, because they got the big sets, you want to see something that's going to have big sets, theatrics, all that other stuff. Once you see that, then go see go see the rest of the stuff. Then go see Book of Mormon. When when fire shoots out of the stage and you can be fifty rows away and feel it on your face, you know you did something. Oh, it's right. awesome! And the soundtrack is friggin' great too. Oh, I don't think there's a better <laughs> soundtrack in in all of like Broadway history, unless unless Nightwish is covering it, in which case it somehow gets better. <laughs> because holy crap, their end of an era concert—that's like the greatest performance of the Phantom of the Opera theme ever—is their True. their live end of an era thing. I. I have that saved on my uh, on my YouTube playlist, and that's one of my current pick me up go tos when I just absolutely want to 
listen and watch something that'll lift me up, I watch that performance specifically, and it's it's, it's as amazing as it gets when it comes to doing anything live. <clears throat> but speaking of things... The original serialized work was 110 years ago. Whoo! There you go. It's a hell of an anniversary. Uh, speaking of things that are live, you as a wonderful wrestling fan, can attend lots and lots of live wrestling. In fact, if you were a fan of MLW when it first started, you may have even attended their first major event, which was the subject of last week's trivia question that Dan will now give us the answer to. Yeah, the first, the opening match at MLW's first big show was called MLW Genesis, and the first match was a tournament match for the world championship in which... Jerry Lynn defeated LaParka. My God. I wouldn't have even guessed that. Now, is that the current LaParka that's still alive or the... That would be, yeah, be the LaParka you knew in WCW. Okay. Not the Mexican exclusive one who just passed away. Jerry Lynn. What is that guy doing these days? Jerry Lynn? Yeah. He's a producer for for AEW. Is he an AEW guy? I don't remember yeah. seeing his name. And he does occasional work for ROH still. Okay, I don't remember seeing him. Seeing like Jerry Lynn is all lead or anything. But that's cool. Good for him. I hope he can help them out. And uh, I, I do kind of wonder like how their producer roles work because I know that like. Cody, the Bucks, and Kenny Omega are all producers of individual things. Like, Kenny Omega runs the women's division. Uh, Cody runs the the men's division, like the singles division. And the Bucks take care of the tag division. So, like, I kind of wonder what the other producers are actually doing. Putting together the actual matches. I mean, think about the guys they have. They have... Billy Gunn. uh, They got uh, Arn. They have Dean and, Dean and Jerry Dean Lincoln. Blinko. I'm assuming Tully Blanchard's doing yeah. stuff for them. Like, not just appearing. Oh, I would think. Um, well, if you Even actually... if he's not, like, officially a coach or whatever, just to have him around to help out. Right. When he sees things. Yeah, because according to their backstage personnel list, they have BJ Whitmer, they have Dean Malenko, they have Jerry Lynn... They have Nick Mondo. Man, I forgot all about him. Um, Tanea Brooks, also better known as Rebel. She's uh, like she's their makeup artist. Yeah, she's like makeup and hair. So I mean, they have they have some good people working behind the scenes. Um, I thought they had Billy Gunn. I don't even see him on here. Is he or is he under active? He's under active wrestler. That's why I couldn't find him. He's. Yeah, also also as coach. Plus Dustin's also coaching. Chris Daniels is also coaching. Kong, uh, probably half of their coaches are probably half. Kong is also coaching, half. which is very, very smart. If we do it She's, all. you know, going to be done in the next couple of years. So, yeah. Yeah, they've, they've got good people on their team. I just, uh, like I said... And I've said it before, my only problems with AEW is, A, they're too much like Raw instead of an alternative. 
which is what we were promised. Mm-hmm. And that's dis- that's that's more of a disappointment thing. Uh, and then two, the big problem I have with them is their their match style is sort of all over the place. But I kind of blame that on the uh, the Buck style of high spots, no psychology, which is why I'm not a big fan of them anyway. But they've got a lot of talent, and they do put on some really good matches. Of course, well, I'll be watching the pay-per-views, but not the weekly show. I mean, freaking uh, MJF, hey, that guy's that guy's a workhorse and a half, and he's freaking amazing. You know, you've got a. I like the Lucha Brothers. I know that they're. Uh, I know that Lucha style gets shit on a lot, but I like Lucha's I like them at least. Watching um, young people do Lucha style is great, but like, if you watch like a full Lucha show and you get yeah. to that point where like sixty year olds come out, yeah. You're well, like, holy shit! Or if you watch old Lucha, like they do on the AAA. Uh, Twitch channel, and you're like, holy shit, this is slow and boring. You know, it's. I'm looking at their roster. The only people in AEW I truly don't like are the Young Bucks, and that's just because of their style. Kenny Omega, because I don't like him when he's not in Japan. Marco Stunt, because I think he's being booked wrong, which I've already addressed that. I think he could be the biggest babyface on the roster, and they're, they're blowing opportunity there. Joey Janela because he's not he was never properly trained and that's just one of those stickler things. I mean I don't think he's very good anyway, but that's just one of those things. Um, and then yeah, I get, I get a little hard pressed to find. I'm not a fan of Riho because I don't like the way she's being booked either. And then I don't like B Priestley because she's fucking dangerous. <laughs> that's it. Well, because I know I've got a reputation right now of being an AEW hater. And I think that should actually clear everything up. I literally just told you who I don't like on the show. Now go look at their roster and look at the rest of those names. I bet I can say something positive about every single one of them. You know what? I could say something positive about every single one of them. So there you go. And I'm going to say something positive right now. The the whipping segment that happened with MJF and Cody Rhodes, which, by the way, was booked. Well in advance, we knew it was coming, and it was not racist just because it happened to air in February, so shut up, Twitter. Man, people people will turn any try to turn everything into a racist argument now. Uh, I thought the segment was good. And there was a complaint that it took too long because he was waiting too long in between lashes, and somebody was like, well, that's just so Cody can recover from them. Actually, that's worse. You ever seen the Hunchback of Notre Dame when Frollo <laughs> Frollo yells at his uh, his uh, torturer, and he's like, "Wait between lashes. That way, he doesn't have time to adjust, and the next thing will hurt just as much as the last one." So it was actually worse that he did it that way. He probably hurt him more. And you can't say anything negative about what Cody Rhodes is doing to get this company over. You can't. He literally let himself become a whipping boy to put AEW over. And then the other thing I saw was, well, Sandman did it better with Tommy Dreamer. Well, yes, but that's that's an apples and oranges comparison to. Six years ago. Yeah. 
that was also revolutionary for its time. This is a this is a we haven't seen this for a while. So just because it's not as good doesn't mean it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't uh, have an impact. So, yep, nothing negative to say there. I bet I bet people were surprised about that. I'm saying, I knew people who are pretty uh, uh, anti AEW thought that this last episode was freaking great. So, yeah. Because it was. Um, and I'm not anti-AEW. Obviously, I want them to succeed. The one thing I just want to happen with AEW is I want their fanboys to stop acting like WWE marks. You, you've, you've literally become the thing that you hate and you don't even realize it. You act like those WWE fanboy marks that you all put down. And now you're doing the same thing. You're just doing it for a different company. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is realize that you're being too fanboyish and you're being blinded to to the bad stuff on the show and you're ignoring it because they do stuff that would get booed and relentlessly ripped apart on Raw but because it's happening in a revolutionary new company people are more forgiving of it. That's a hypocritical mindset. End that mindset and realize that your show is flawed and then we can have a real conversation about how great AEW is for the wrestling business as a whole because it is. And yeah, I definitely want to watch their next pay-per-view because freaking Cody and MJF has already sold it for me. What is the name of their next pay-per-view? I actually don't know. <laughs> I'd actually have to look this up. I legitimately do not know what their next pay-per-view is. And that kind of sucks because I don't like drawing blanks like this. But we don't edit, by the way, guys. Evolution. So. Evolution? Evolution. Evolution. And it's the 20... Oh, uh, yeah. It's Leap Day. In Chicago, part of C2E2. Yep. It's Leap Day. And uh, GSW's coming back on Leap Day, so that's AEW's competition right there. Good luck, boys. You're going up against Moxley versus Jericho. You better have a bang-up main event so people aren't staying at home to watch the pay-per-view. <clears throat> but, no, nah, I think they'll be fine. I'm just just joshing with y'all. All right, so uh, we got lots of news to cover this week. We'll start with some WWE tidbits. We, we need what? to let Dan do the trivia. Oh, I forgot we have a new question. Yeah, we answer the question and we ask the next one. Yes, we have a new question. My bad. Question is, what team has the most total defenses of the IWGP Tag Team Championship? And I mean over all of their reigns combined. Whew. The Young Bucks. Well, they're not. They were junior tag champions. I want to say God, but I know it's wrong. (laughs) We'll probably get there before too long, because now they're tied with Tankozzi for most reigns total, because they, well, that... It's a piece of news. They won the tag titles back from Finjuice at the end of the U.S. tour this past week. Ah. So they have their sixth reign, which is tied for the most with Tinkozy. All right. Think about it. We'll get your, your what, answer next what week. What team has the most combined defenses across all their reigns? Well, we'll find out next week. But... You know what? We might as well start with New Japan then, because 
as Jan just mentioned, God wins tag titles on the U.S. Tour finale and have now tied with most reigns with Tenkozy. And you have a new never open weight champion in Shingo Takagi. Yeah. He won it. I won Sapporo shows. Figured it wouldn't be too long until he had it. But he's got two belts. By the so, way, for, for you Facebook group members, when I made that uh, that championship guide, I made it so you guys could edit it. And I've noticed nobody's doing that. If something changes hands, you are welcome to go in there and edit the document. Or at least alert me that something changed hands so I can go in and edit the document. You can do that too. I'm okay with that. Because I have a lot of editing to do. <laughs> So still everybody in LIJ have titles except Sonata. Yes, they even defended the six-man tag titles uh, on the Thursday Road 2 show, which was a damn good match, by the way. I recommend watching it. Thursday's Road 2 show, they defended against uh, Ishii, Goto, and Eagles, and it was a damn good match. Now we have New Beginning in Osaka on the 9th, which is two days Sunday. from us recording. Sunday. Rapungi 3K is defending against Kanemaru and Desperado. Hiromu is defending against Ryuli. Ryuli. Yeah, broke his neck. Not Dragon Lee. Moxley is defending against Suzuki. Well, that's, that'll be death. Those guys have been killing each other the whole tour. Yep. There was actually just an article the other day about how Suzuki is loving doing all this. So good. Oh, my goodness. There was a part, there was a a post-match interview with Suzuki, and he's like, where is he? Where is he? And Moxley comes in and usually says some shit to him, and he goes up to him, and he grabs him by the head, and he kisses him, and then they start fighting again. (laughs) They, They were interviewing him, basically talking about his career, and he was talking about the early days in his career and then his, uh, you know, and then, you know, like basically all the modern day stuff. And he was saying how much he loves <clears throat> working with the guys today. By the way, Joey Janela's spring break. Orange Cassidy has to wrestle Minoru Suzuki. So He's going to be freshly squeezed. All right. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be very freshly squeezed. Oh, and he doesn't have any other matches that same day or even the next day. When you're one of those big in-demand indie guys and it's WrestleMania time, you're working like 10 matches that week. Well, AEW is not doing anything WrestleMania weekend. Good. I don't even want them in the same state. Yeah. They've already said they go, they go, nope, that's their thing. We're staying away from it because everybody else, Impact freaking go there for the 10th time in a row. Yeah. And look like the little bitches they are. I thought they said that they were a lot of the guys were going to be doing something in the area. Uh, one of those. Well, I'm sure a lot of guys that work for AEW that do indie stuff on the weekends. Well, if Joey Janela's running a show right there in Tampa, then yeah, he's going to have people booked. I'm sure. I'm sure they're all no working. AEW presence. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably all be working, but they're not working for Tony Khan. Gotcha. They'll be working for everybody else. Because you know there'll probably be a there'll probably be a penis party and all that other stuff. It's gonna be a hell of a yeah. It's a it's a hell of a time to get booked. That's for sure. Penis party and you are not invited. 
I'd, I'd probably still pick Joey Ryan over Joey Janela, though. At least Joey Ryan was trained. Mm. I think I'd probably have a better time at the Joey Ryan show, personally, actually. Well, I have a feeling that other than his penis spot, everything else on the show is probably fine. And that's my oh. cat. He's been around long enough to know better, so he probably he probably knows how to put together a good show. He's ran two companies and is currently running one, so I think it's who's just you, a it's a frustration factor. What company was is one of running? the founders of PWG? Well, no, no, no. I mean, like right now, Bar Wrestling. Oh, he runs Bar Wrestling. Bar Wrestling. Uh, there's one more match we got to talk about, though, and that's Naito two belts defending against Kenta. Both yeah, we have a little document that we share amongst each other so we can have news down to read. And when the notes were being put together, there's a little C, you know, the parentheses C for champion that you see in like all the Wikipedia articles. And uh, Dan made sure to put two C's next to Naito's name. So it looks <laughs> like titles are online. So it looks like it looks like a pair of pierced titties is what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> So, Naito and his pierced titties are going up against Kenta. Both piercings are on the line. Oh, dear God. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Now, that's some John Moxley booking right there. Seriously. Puts his his nipple rings on the line. By the way, we need this car battery and these alligator clips. Yeah, yeah, well, that's some Moxley shit for you. (laughs) Hey, guys, let's go do Moxley shit. Which is just combat zone shit. Yeah, that, that's what. But that's what I. That's what I like about the Moxley character because you know he can work because he knows how to work. But you also know he's got the hardcore background, so you know he's tough as shit and he'll take it to the extreme. That's a good way to book him. Unfortunately, and if you're married to him, he scares the ever living shit out of you. Yeah. Well, to be fair. Be <laughs> fair. It'd be fair. Uh, Renee knew what the fuck she was getting into. Yes, yes. It's not did. like there's no way she married that guy and didn't know his wrestling history. No, of course not. But still, it, it doesn't change the fact that probably every time he gets into a ring, knowing that he's going to do something utterly retarded, that uh, she doesn't get worried about it. Yeah, well. Welcome to being married to like a policeman and a fireman. And... Yeah. All those kind of people, too. He's, prob- he's pr- probably still safer than them, so. Yeah, like being a brother to a cop. Well, you're a cop family, right? So there's a yeah, bunch of people. a lot of people. You got a, uh... I knew a cop family when I was growing up. They're like, like 90% of them were cops. <laughs> Basically, it's, it runs right down my, 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 gra- my, uh, my grandfather's, like, tree line. Like... My grandfather was a cop, his brother was a cop, his father was a cop, his grandfather was a cop. It was just like, it just runs right down. So it skipped a generation because like my, my mom and her sisters and one brother, none of them became became officers. But then my the brother became brother Who decided to become a car dealer. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what would have happened if they were all pro wrestlers? We would have seen some kookans on the wrestling scene. You'd see the Kukan clan. I mean, what? What? You're damn right, we would. You have a you have a vet tech sister in law though. I do. 
my uh, that's where my sister takes her cats to the vet. So oh, really? My, my sister knows your sister-in-law. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, because I was doing that photo challenge on Facebook, and I posted a picture from the wedding, and their sister's in it. And Nicole saw it, and she's like, hold up, is that Lauren? How do you know her? I'm like, that's my sister. Because <laughs> that's yep. where, because that's the vet that they go to. It's a small world. It is. It really is. I remember uh, my uh, my my freaking um, my buddy Cornell. He's a he's a published author now and motivational speaker. But he was the basketball coach at our uh, at our community college. And I remember I was actually putting together something for my sister's wedding, and I was using one of the editing suites. And he comes in, and I'm like, "Hey, Cornell, you know who this lady is?" He goes, "Yeah, that's Lauren." I'm like, yeah, "That's my sister, right?" He's like, "Shut up." Because <laughs> she's a physical therapist, and that's where he went for physical therapy. Nice. It, it's a, it's it's so funny how much people connect. Like, I was laughing when I worked at Disney, and I my uh, my old coworker Carlos, who still works there, he's a coordinator now, world showcase coordinator, and he's doing very well. And he's telling me about a buddy that he had growing up, who's now a pro wrestler, and he he tells me the name, and it's Mac Daddy Flex, and I'm like, dude, I booked him in the first ever GSW show. He worked the main event. I was Bobby G's tag partner. <laughs> like it's it's crazy how many connections you can actually form from people. I didn't know that our community member Joe Kalaya was friends with my buddy Kyle, who I worked with at Disney, because <laughs> Kyle's from New Jersey, so. Small world, guys. And uh, but we're let's let's not talk about the small worlds. We got to talk about the big universe, mm. the WWE ah. universe. Lots of quite a bit of news this week. Uh, quite a bit, yeah. So first off, they announced on backstage that Timothy Thatcher and Killer Cross have both signed with WWE. Yeah. So we'll be so we'll be seeing them get some brand new gimmick names, I'm sure, and they'll be debuting any day now. Uh, speaking of, Thatcher's a guy that they've wanted for 15 years. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of Killer. Apparently, Cross. somebody wrote an article about Evolve Stars. So look forward to. And well, it was like in 2005. Well, you've got they've got Evolve Stars appearing now. Austin Theory's yeah. had a couple matches. Yep, and I've been a big Killer Cross fan for years. By the way, I I watched the because uh, I don't because I can't I don't watch live anymore. I watched the uh, the network version of NXT, the actual hour and a half version, and I'm I'm good with that. The Hulu edited hour is fine, but NXT when they cut stuff, it's still stuff I want to see. So so I'm good with the hour and a half edited version of Raw that Hulu gives me because I know the stuff they cut is stuff I would have fast forwarded anyway. But, yeah, I want to see all of NXT. And that's another thing about AEW. Can you guys get out there on some streaming services? How about Hulu? Get out there on Hulu. You really want to be competitive? Get out there. Because I can't watch Dynamite. And if I actually want to watch Dynamite, and believe me, people do want to watch Dynamite. You've got almost a million viewers every week. Uh, Get yourself out there, guys. I don't know what you're waiting for. I think that has more to do with TNT. TNT does not play well with others. No, they do not. Uh, well, don't they have? Don't they have a streaming? Wait a minute, no, because I've got TBS. I've seen TBS stuff appear on streaming services. Right, TNT and TBS. They will. They they will take their old syndicated stuff and they will share that. <sighs> but not their not their you know hot 
up and coming live stuff. That's very disappointing, and that's uh, that's doing AEW a disservice. Very disappointing. Well, well, TNT. I don't have a lot of things to say there. Whatever you guys want. Uh, I was going to use this as a segue when I said any day now, which was the, the arrivals here. That was my segue to any day now, Shayna Baszler's expect to show up on Raw. Not surprised in the least. No, that's uh, that's been in the works for a while. I imagine that day would be on Monday. I, I have a feeling you're right. Because <laughs> even if Raw's taped, they still tape it like that day, just earlier in the day. So. They only tape for like... If it's going to be on Christmas or if they're over in England. England. Yeah. If they're they're overseas, they have to. Uh, But if you guys were excited to see the return of Ruby Riot, she came back and beat the hell out of Liv Morgan. She went full-blown heel. That's your your new uh, full rivalry there. They did a raw live from England, one in the morning over there. I bet that sucked. One to four in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the one complaint I have when I travel because, like, if I wanted to watch Raw or SmackDown while I'm out in Germany, it airs at like some ungodly awful hour, and I'm like, oh dear lord. I had to uh, I had to download episodes of Raw when I was in France for the summer and watch them like the next day before class. That's what I would always do. I would uh. Because, you know, you go to bed and it's, it hasn't, you wake up in the morning and it's basically had just finished airing. Because, you know, on a Tuesday morning, it's like, you know, like 2 a.m. or so, 2, 3 a.m. back on the East Coast. So I'd be like, well, it's aired. So I would start the file. I'd get it going. By the time I got back from class, I was able to watch it. And I would, I mean, it was always, back then it was two hours, so it was a little easier. And with the commercials edited, you know, you cut that down to like an hour, 24 minutes. Plus, if you're fast forwarding stuff, you don't really want to see. So I would either get to see it before we'd go out for the night or go to the beach or something. Or, you know, we'd get back and we'd settle in. I would settle in with my laptop and just catch up on Raw that day. Yeah. I always felt bad when I watched, like, because I, you know, I listen to a bunch of YouTube channels aside from our own. And, uh... You get a lot of those ones that are in England, and they stay up all night to watch the pay-per-views, and I'm just like, dude, I I don't envy you guys. <laughs> well, that's why I like talking to uh, uh, Matthew Anderson in Australia, because he's used to watching pay-per-views in the morning. And when whenever pay-per-view airs at night, it's a weird thing for him, because that's how Australia gets their shows. Right. And I just think that's so funny, because he... We literally it, just talking about this D&D yesterday, because Eddie lives in the West Coast, and it's like... We watch a pay-per-view, and we got to go right to bed. But for him, it's 8 o'clock, and he still has the night. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, sometimes I actually think the West Coast would be better as a wrestling fan. <laughs> be better for New Japan, too, because you because I could swing a midnight show. I could stay up through that, but not if it's starting at 3. It ain't fucking happening. That's true, yeah. unless you, unless you want to sleep all day and then be up all night and take chef hours. <laughs> I can't do that anymore. Well, I just I just did it the other night. I was up for almost forty hours. <laughs> um, we got another huge return on NXT this week. The uh, we have the uh, the six man tag 
Undisputed Era versus Broser Waits and uh, Tommaso. Yep. Roddy Strong jumps in. Match gets thrown out. They do the spray paint spot with the X. You know, the the NWO ripoff spot. Except it's yellow, so it's not totally a ripoff. And the lights go out. And when they come back on, there's Velveteen Dream. And he goes right after Roddy Strong. And he's got Call Me Up Marina on his tights with Marina Shafir's face painted on him. <laughs> doing the old Rick Rude spot. Yeah, when the when the Titantron showed the picture, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And uh, I, I miss Velveteen Dream. I'm, I think he's a good character, a great worker, and he's going to be big for NXT moving forward. He's still on that mission to get onto a main roster show, but I think that Finn Balor has proven this is the place to be. I think especially now since it's been a thing for nearly half a year. And besides, Killian Dane, Dane had a great match with Dijakovic on NXT. And when was the last time you saw Killian Dane do anything on a main roster show? Well, Killian Dane has been has been relatively good in NXT. He's been great and in NXT. Dijakovic has just been ridiculous. And I I cannot wait to see Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. I already uh, want to pencil that in as a match of the year candidate. Because <laughs> you know it's going to be. Oh, Sure. <clears throat> um, they are going to be airing a docu-series coming to the WWE Network on the Ruthless Aggression era. I'm not sure if it's going to be a one, just one long documentary or an actual series. I wasn't really clear on that, but that is something that is coming. So it's basically going to be a bunch of people in the ring with somebody you can't see. Perfect. Exactly. Kurt Angle fighting the Invisible Man. <laughs> I missed like the first half of Ruthless Aggression. So, By the way, I remember I said that to somebody... Somebody made another one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, Kenny Omega was stupid when he was wrestling the Invisible Man. And I said, he was wrestling John Cena. What match were you watching? And some people got it, but I think other people are – those type of fans are the ones that – He was working DDT in Japan, dude. Yeah, DDT doesn't take shit seriously. It's insane. And you know what? If you buy in, you have one hell of a great time. I mean, Chikara does shit like that. Yeah. Buy in, you'll have a fucking great time. Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Pro Wrestling Gorilla is well known for shit like that. Pro Wrestling Gorilla did the thing where everyone had to thumb up someone's butt. And Chushin Lager was in the lead. (laughs) Wasn't Ciampa in that? Yeah, dude. uh, Half the guys in that match are WWE now. (laughs) Tommy Ed was in that. Ciampa was in that. Yep, uh, I, I remember yeah. that match vividly. Everyone I mean, ends up with a thumb up their butt, and then Liger just leads them along like a train, and then he uses his butt muscles to take everybody over. So I hate that stupid headlock spot where everybody locks in a headlock, and then the one guy sweeps the leg, and they all go down. I hate that spot, but for some reason, this entertains me, and I don't know why. And they also did the, the uh, slow-mo spot. Yeah, I've seen that. And like I'm like see people freak out about this at PWG and I was like, I've seen that shit ten years before this on in Chikara. And freaking player Uno, you could mess you could hit the buttons on his NES controller on his trunk. Mess with him. And he would do stuff. He would pause and he would do attacks that he doesn't mean to, and you could move him around and shit. Quick, up up down on the after PA start. 
My favorite was the uh, twenty five lives. <laughs> my favorite was when he whipped out the green shell. <laughs> and the angriest I ever saw Player Uno get was he was wrestling uh, Delirious, and Delirious was trying to figure him out, and he says the thing that I, I've most been able to understand Delirious say ever, and he says, "Princess Peach is a tramp." <laughs> And freaks out. Huh? Gasp. <laughs> Gasp! He's like, "How dare you?" <laughs> Zelda the is the woman. hero. Huh. Huh. <laughs> no. As the whole place falls down. Alrighty. So, <laughs> the rest of what's happening in WWE. These are all rumors. This is the rumor mill. First rumor mill is that Tanara Conti walked from the company. Supposedly over a financial contract dispute. And that makes me sad. I liked her. I Well, we have to see how true that is. Um, However, this next one is not a rumor. <laughs> I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't getting to that one. Okay. Um, so so what, what Glenn just pointed out is that Mike and Maria Bennett had their second child. And congratulations and to cute. them. I was actually going to save that for last, but that's fine. We'll, we'll do that. Child research? All right, back to rumors. <clears throat> so WWE supposedly does not want Hulk Hogan to wrestle again, despite what Hulk is saying about competing at the Crown Jewel events. Again, this is all speculation. He shouldn't wrestle anymore. No, he should not. Now, he if he wants to do, if he wants to do a match and it's like a six-man tag, and he gets in to do like. His leg dropped and that's it. He does, like, a spot. I'm okay with that. But if he wants to have, like, a one-on-one match that goes longer than 30 seconds, I'm not okay with that. I agree. I was going to say I was gonna say 10 minutes. I'm like, no, that's way too generous. He'll kill himself. 30 seconds. And, once again, the rumor mill is stirring that Sting versus Taker could actually take place at WrestleMania... As a one-off for Sting, who is still open to the idea, and Taker is open to the idea as well. I heard it may actually, quote-unquote, begin at the next Saudi show. I have also heard that. The last rumor, and this is the coolest rumor, Glenn actually popped for this one when he read read it. So it is said that Triple H is currently on a personal mission to sign... Kazuchika Okada to the WWE. That is apparently something he very, very much wants to happen. And if he can pull it off, that would be very, very interesting. Triple H is not going to bring in Okada to WWE and let anything negative happen to him. He will protect the hell out of him. So, if he comes in, it's going to be in an NXT-based environment. And it's going to be, it's going to be pretty freaking crazy. Speaking of crazy, my cat is losing her mind right now in the background. I just wonder if it's going to be one of those situations where Okada starts listening to everybody else who, you know, like listens to Kenta, you know, his experience there. You know, I know it's a different time between, between situations, but. Well, here's the difference though. 
Kenta was not utilized when he was taken out from under the watchful eye of Triple H. Or Is when it... Naito was trying to be courted. Yes, but again, that that could be a personal thing too. Naito may have decided that staying and living and working in Japan is still for his best interests. There, there could be a lot of factors there. I mean, Triple H could lure him in with a, a, a promise of good money, good booking, and all this other stuff. Protect the shit out of him. Okada could maybe sign... I mean, their standard is like five years, but I would imagine Okada might agree to maybe three or so. Come in, have an NXT spot, do a couple of big match style, you know, have a couple of big match, big matches against guys, some Kushida matches, etc., and then when he's done, he goes back to New Japan or does whatever he wants to do. And then he becomes a WWE Hall of Famer someday. So, who knows? Sounds like a pretty good idea if they could pull it off. Well, the thing is, I trust Triple H as a booker. Oh, I do too. And his track record speaks for itself. His track record is, um, y- you know... The the only negative thing about Triple H ever being a booker was that you have to be a Triple H guy because if you're not, he treats you like shit. And that's uh, Justin Roberts in his book orchestrated that very, very well. He uh, he saw it because that's when Triple H started getting all the power was when they let him go. And he said he illustrates, you know, specific points that he makes where he's like, this is a Triple H guy. I see how close they are. They're chatting in the back. This guy's not a Triple H guy. Triple H is always ribbing him. He's always making fun of him. He's always sneering at him. You know, that's... It's my one negative thing about Triple H as a booker. And it's not just Robert's book that I've read that in. So, you know, if he doesn't like you because you're not one of his boys, that's a very shitty situation to be in. But is it any different than any promoter? I mean, is it any different... Well, I mean, different... before he was even a promoter and he just had Vince's ear, like... yeah. How many guys were about to leave and he made their career? Like, Sheamus was going to get fired soon. And then he and then he starts working out with Triple H, world champion a month later. Drew McIntyre was about to get kicked out. And next thing you know, a year later, he's world champion. Drew McIntyre. They became, he became buds with Triple H. That, that helped him. Yeah. Uh, Finn Balor, look how protected he was under Triple H. Now, look at guys that Triple H didn't get along with. <laughs> Rob Van Dam, scheduled for a title shot. Nope. Booker T, scheduled for a title shot. Nope. Fucking, I mean, he even did that shit to Kane. I know they're on good terms now, but at the time, I, I think it's just a matter of, you know, it's a matter of perspective. It's, uh, but, it, you know, if Vince doesn't like you, you're never going to succeed in his company. You know, if you if you go to work for AEW and Co- and Cody Omega and One Buck are pissed at you, that doesn't matter if Matt Jackson likes you. I bet you're still going to have a hard time there. If Nick doesn't like you for some reason, yeah. you know, I bet if you work in New Japan and the owners don't like you, you might have some trouble getting around. If you if Marty Scroll doesn't like you, don't go to work for Ring of Honor. <laughs> that's it's well it's the way that it is but it's true and it's true in every promotion i ever worked for if they didn't like somebody they didn't book them end of story it's true for just about any job anywhere any job anywhere yeah if you don't don't like you you're not no matter what you do they'll look for a reason to get rid of you at some point 
uh, yeah. <laughs> Except with an actual job, you still need a justifiable reason to ditch the guy. If it's uh, not everywhere. No, that's true. But in uh, but in wrestling, not here, they here can... unless unless it has changed recently. No, Pennsylvania, it's true. It's true. In fact, I I know at my current job there is a piece of paper with my signature on it that says we reserve the right to fire you at any time for any reason, which is really just their way of so of saying you can never sue us if we terminate yep. you. That doesn't mean they're actually going to do it. It just means that they're protecting their own ass. And to that, I actually would agree. You should protect your and ass. And they have the balls ass. to call it a right to work state. Yep. That's a whole different podcast. To so. not work, but okay. Exactly. Um, we have a new NWA power theme song. No more docking. Pantera is in. Very good choice. So, who out there is a Pantera fan? You better damn well believe it. <laughs> Gee, Glenn, I would have never guessed. <laughs> one look at Glenn. One look at Glenn should tell you what kind of music he listens to. <laughs> if you can't tell by looking at Glenn, I'm not sure. What, you mean I don't radiate hardcore, you know, gangster rap? <laughs> hey, man, you do you. <clears throat> Ring of Honor has officially signed Adam Brooks. Just made that announcement a uh, little before we went on the air, I believe. That was a uh, a new story that I saw. So, good for them. The XFL begins this Saturday. Gonna be interesting. So if you uh, if you're a football fan and you're disappointed that the Super Bowl happened and you want more football, you've got a whole new season to look forward to. So get on that. I'm actually really looking forward to it, and I know I even though I don't have cable, I know I can still watch the games because I know they're going to be streaming. So I will be I will be trying to watch as much as I can, and uh, I like the New York team because I'm programmed to like New York teams. But the uh, the DC team is way closer, especially to where I am now. So now I kind of need to become a Defenders fan. Not to mention the fact that the Defenders have a much cooler logo than the Guardians. And then... Weird Apex thing. I think I'm going to be pulling for the Vipers. And then there's the Seattle Dragons who have Trogdor as their guy. And I'm just like, well, shit. Now I have to root (laughs) for them because he's a wingling dragon with spinities and consummate Vs for teeth. So (laughs) I guess I have to root for them. <clears throat> yeah, the uh, the you can actually go on uh, if you do list of current XFL team rosters, you can see all of the uh, all of who's on what. You can start seeing all the names and uh, the uh, defenders' quarterbacks are Tyree Jackson and Cardale Jones. I know Tyree Jackson played in Buffalo. Uh, Cardale Jones was an Ohio State guy a whole bunch of former New York Giants spread out over the league. Yeah, yeah. Which team did you say you liked? You like the Vipers? I think I'm going to go with the Vipers. You like the Randy I... You like the Randy Ortons? 
Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, Taylor Cornelius, Chase Litton, Aaron Murray. Those are your three quarterbacks. And you also have Quentin Flowers, who's also a running back. Flowers top... used to used to play with the Patriots, if I'm not mistaken. I may, may have. So, most, most of the names on here, as I'm scrolling through, have their own wiki pages, which means that there are... Uh, there are quite a few quote-unquote names, or at least players <laughs> willing enough to write their own profiles, I suppose. Yeah. You know, the one thing I'm disappointed about is, and uh, this is going to tie in, I'll tell you this is going to tie into a, a story here from work. Our company outing's coming out, coming up soon, in April. We're going to Hershey Park again, which is always fun. And we're allowed to get our own custom t-shirts and name tags and stuff made. And we're allowed to have anything they say on them. And I wanted mine to say, he hate me. And it got rejected. <laughs> I am disappointed. <laughs> trademark or whatever? He hate me. Yeah, that was a... I heard about all kinds of stuff with the M&Ms, with the... Uh... There was a group of YouTubers that went there. They couldn't even, they weren't even allowed to put their own YouTube channel's names on there because this account. Yeah, that's mine. Well, we can't. <laughs> yeah. Rod can't do it anyway. Rod Smart, who the smartest thing he ever yep. did was write, He Hate Me on the back of his, of his XFL jersey. And get Chris Jericho to start wearing it on Raw. Uh, he Hate Me. So great! <laughs> Even under, uh, that, that, I love that they touched on that on the, uh, on the, uh, what the hell was the name of that show on ESPN that they did the Thirty for Thirty special on the XFL? They even meant, they actually spent time talking about he hate me. That's how much of an impact that guy made, which is awesome. All right, uh, we had two arrests happen in the world of wrestling. <laughs> Uh, Brett DiBiase, son of Million Dollar Man, brother of Ted Jr., was arrested for fraud and embezzlement charges. And then Brian Clark, former member of the Chronic tag team that you guys remember from WCW with the late Brian Adams, uh, he was arrested for various drugs and weapons charges. So good job, guys. Dear God. I know. Add an atom bomb. What was Brian Clark's other names? His Wrath in WCW. He was Wrath. That's right. He was Wrath. Adam Bomb, and then he was Wrath. He was part of the X, the uh, Mortal Kombat ripoff extended universe. Yes. Oh my God! He was the Night Stalker. That's right. He was the freaking Night Stalker. That's one of uh, Meltz's negative star matches. <laughs> it was Sid Vicious versus the Night Stalker. <laughs> That's one of the infamous... Sid, for crying out loud. The guy That's... didn't have a chance. There are 14 matches that have gotten negative three or worse, and that is one of them. <laughs> Dude, he was trained by Jody Hamilton, so he should be way better than what he actually was. And he's a Harrisburg yeah, boy. He was the big muscle freak. Yeah. He was a Harrisburg boy. Was a body guy. Yeah. I did. I did like his short stint as Adam Bomb, though. Adam Bomb was a, just a funny. Was just a funny gimmick. Like, 
I liked Wrath. I actually didn't even mind freaking uh, Chronic until they came to WWE and the freaking they just had to vote to destruction eat their breakfast. Well, yeah, because they because they got massive heat, so they're just like fuck this. I didn't realize Brian Adams passed away in 2007. I didn't realize it's been that long. The former Kona Crush. How is, time flies. Yeah, really. And he was uh and he was a Fujinami and Anoki guy. Again, two fantastic people that could have it makes you wonder why these people weren't any better. All right, my last piece of news is my favorite piece of news of the week. Bowling for Soup. You know the band? They they make all the uh they're they're known for hits like 1985. They yeah, do they love the Really yeah, idea. they they so. do the um, they do some of the cheesiest songs out there. They did yeah, uh, nothing I'm a fan of, unfortunately. Girls, all the bad guy wants. High school never ends. Yeah, those are like their famous ones. They wrote the theme song to Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, and Phineas and Ferb, so they're known for that too. They wrote a song called Alexa Bliss, and it uh. It's the whole song is about how Alexa Bliss is the most perfect girl ever and why can't more girls be like her? And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, this is gonna be one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life, and then I listen to it, and that song is a friggin' banger. It, it's weird. I'm not a fan of them at all, and that one I actually enjoyed. It was oh, it's great. And her in the video, and I just love that she's like buddied up with these two prepubescent kids. It's like good boys. <laughs> She's playing foosball with them and kicking their asses. Yep. And then they get their own personal wrestling match in, like, the kid's basement. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, there is now a Alexa Bliss song. She has her own song. And she got when she got name-dropped on Letterkenny, she freaked out because she loves that show. Mm. Well, if you can name your favorite wrestler, that means you want to fuck them. Alexa Bliss. She posted that clip, and she's like, excuse me while I freak out that my favorite show just mentioned my name. <laughs> Derry wants to fuck Alexa Bliss. Maybe Alexa Bliss wants to fuck Derry. He is legend, Derry. Um. <laughs> Did they make that joke at some point? It was the whole St. Patrick's Day episode was about legend. Oh, that's right, yeah. Oh, the St. Patrick's Day episode. That's been a while. I have to rewatch that show. Oh, yeah, that was like season two. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's been a while. For- fortunately, they're short when seasons. You quit, when you get in at like season six, and you got to watch it all over a weekend. <laughs> a holiday special was the witch. <laughs> where, where <clears throat> oh, so the uh, the uh, there's a map of how many states are rooting for which XFL teams. And, uh, yep, Pennsylvania is rooting for the D.C. Defenders. That's their the team that they've chosen because Pennsylvania is not going to root for a New York sports team. <laughs> New Jersey, New York, and all of New England, however. Yeah, all of New England because there's no New England team, so they are forced to go with the New York Guardians. And uh, it's it's pretty much exactly what you expect as far as maps go. Nearby. Yeah, uh, the Houston. I mean, Rough there's Knicks. no like lifelong. Well, I like them because my daddy liked them and his daddy liked them. Yeah, 
This is funny. Uh, the Dallas Renegades are being rooted for by Texas, Oklahoma, and New Mexico, but the Houston Roughnecks are being rooted for by Mississippi, Louisiana, and Arkansas. So, I tells you because Houston's way over on the side there by those states. Yeah, so that's that is kind of telling. But yeah, <laughs> according to Twitter data that the XFL picked up. What's funny is the Dakotas. Uh, North Dakota wants the Seattle Dragons, but South Dakota wants the St. Louis Battlehawks. North Carolina, say. Uh, you guys DC. are in Viper territory. You're the cutoff. Ooh. Yeah, Virginia's the last DC team. The Carolina, both Carolinas, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida are all going for Tampa Bay. You guys are the cutoff. Huh. Interesting stuff. <clears throat> By the way, y'all, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash club kayfabe. Glenn Kukan, Randy Moyer, Jeff Trelowitz, Jay Winger, and Adrian Cotton already do, and they get their very own VIP show. This week on the VIP experience, we are going to do You Think You Know Me, A Salute to Edge. We are going to watch and review... Eight classic edge matches. Well, seven and a half edge matches. And I'm not going to tell you what seven that Seven and a sixth. Yeah, we're not going to tell you what that means because you'd have to tune in to find out. But yes, we will review some of Edge's greatest hits in a full tribute episode to him. Check that out on the VIP show exclusive for patrons. Club Kayfabe. Patron.com slash Club Kayfabe. Uh, two quick questions I want to answer this week as we move into our... Well, actually, we can do three questions here. Um, from Will Mann, he wants to know, what are our thoughts on Velveteen Dream's return? Well, I mean, I'm really happy to see him back. Yeah. And I really want to see him get a push for a title. I think he's, uh, I think it's time that he goes for that top title in NXT. He's already been North American champion. Currently, he's going for a guy that doesn't even have a title right now. So, <laughs> well, he's got to end that feud first. Wants revenge. <clears throat> That's going to be the revenge match at Takeover. <clears throat> uh, from community member Matt Hardman, host of the Race Nerd podcast, with Bowling for Soup doing a song about Alexa Bliss. What are your favorite wrestling-based songs? Hmm. So, I'm assuming you mean like not wrestling theme songs oddly enough i don't really know any i don't know much of wrestling songs outside of well i can tell you one that's not on the list and that's that horrible icp chris benoit song i will tell you that right now well i'm an icp fan but i didn't particularly care for that song either it's yeah it's uh well there's Terry Funk's album with the song Barbara Streisand's Nose. I enjoy uh Macho Man Randy Savage's diss track on Hulk Hogan. I liked John Cena's rap album. About uh John... Pencil Neck Geek by uh Freddy Pretty Blasty's Pencil Neck Geek. That's the song. That's it. Shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what the hell is the, I, I have to look it up cause I'm, um, 
I am blanking on the name of the song, but there's a Volbeat song that's pretty much all about uh it's based it's not wrestling theme, but it's about fighting. It's it's like a boxing the the whole video is nothing but uh Seal the Deal, that's it. Seal the Deal and Let's Boogie, which is uh I think that was the name of the actual album was Seal the Deal and Let's Boogie. But the uh the song Seal the Deal and I just played a little bit of the guitar rift for everybody. You guys couldn't hear it, but I just played a, the very, very opening part. It's uh, the entire video is awesome because it's all like old time boxing, like like thirties and forties style boxing matches. And I hope that answers your question because we'd have to actually research what songs out there are themed on wrestling or wrestlers, really. I mean, yeah. I mean, little B's Kurt Angle song. Yeah, that's true. Just want to fuck him because he looks like Rambo. Uh, we have a really good question here from Randy Moyer. With the advent of streaming services such as Hulu and various channels having their own apps, is there a way to truly gauge viewership or ways for a wrestling brand to grow their TV cable audience? Uh, first question, yes, but you have to really break your stats down. You would have to take your Nielsen ratings from a show. We'll use Raw as the example. You have to take your Nielsen ratings from Raw as to how many people actually watched it. Then you'd have to take your DVR statistics to how many people DVR'd it and then watched it. And you'd have to combine that to wherever streaming services it is, like Hulu or the WWE Network, and how many people are then watching it. Um, it would take a lot more work than just, you know, the, the days of Tuesday morning Nielsen ratings are over because that's long over. So there's to tell you that same fucking night now, apparently. Yeah. So, which by the way, Nielsen has, has, they can, they, okay. Nielsen tracks your TV, not your signal now. Okay. Oh, it doesn't matter what service you're using. They can clone your TV. Interesting. What What is physically on the screen is what they will track. That is interesting. So, yeah. Because um, it used to be they plugged a thing into your cable box and it was done. Well, this, Now it's a much more... Well, the reason this question was spawned is because uh, the 434, which is a page I do follow just because I use them for news, not their opinions. Well, that's actually why I follow any dirt sheet for actual like news not opinions on the matter um they're keeping track of what they call the wednesday night war and and they keep track of how many viewers each show got and then they award them a point and aew is actually winning because they keep drawing more viewers regularly than nxt but as i realized that really is a flawed statistic because every single person that i know who watches both watches AEW Live, and DVRs NXT. Almost everybody I know does that who I've talked to. Well, the overnights is wrong because the overnights isn't a good metric because there is the next day and stuff. Uh, yeah, even like other companies, they're like, if you DVR our show, please watch it within two days because there's a thing about that apparently. Yeah. So, gets, I, you know, so. So, I mean, like, that's cool that AEW's drawing more people when the show airs, but I don't think that's really a fair statistic because... Almost everyone I know is still watching 
NXT after AEW, and I don't know if everybody watching NXT is watching AEW after. So I don't think that's the most fair way to gauge it. I think that's a lot of where this question came from. And I'd have to say that, yeah, it really is a flawed system, and a lot of those numbers uh, really can't be trusted anymore. And while there is still some, because I, I do know people who work in television and do track ratings, there is still some merit to ratings in general. It's no longer the end-all, be-all. And some still people... Still how you, how you, you know, get a advertiser on with you. will be like, yeah, yeah, come with a million people watched that show. Right. You want to give us a million dollars for a commercial. Well, I saw Eric Bischoff mention it on Twitter because somebody was like, you know, they considered TNA a failure when they were only drawing in one million people on Spike TV. And they're like, and now AEW is drawing 900,000 people and they're considered a huge success. What's the difference? And Eric Bischoff was like, years, 10 to 15 years is the difference. And he's right. And now anybody would kill for a one. Uh, And on top of that, I can say I'm a cord. I'm one who cut the cord, and there's no way for anybody to track what I'm watching. Yeah, you can't track what I'm watching either. I mean, well, I mean, if you can track my what I have favorited on Hulu, and whether or not I've viewed the episode would be one way to do it. But like, I have. I'm uh, sure Hulu and Netflix have those have that information, but they right. Right. But also, it, it doesn't necessarily matter to them, because they're just going to put whatever they want on there. Whatever well, fits the narrative. Watch, they're more likely to renew the contract with the rights holders. Yeah. They continue having it. It's the same reason why Netflix shows usually only last two or three seasons, because it is a running trend for about ten years now that when a show comes out, they get a big uptick in new subscribers, and that stops after the second season. Yeah. A show's third season does not give them a big uptick in new subscribers. So there you go. Um, Second part of the question was, is there a way for wrestling brand to still grow their TV cable audience? And yes, because there's always going to be cable. Even though there's a lot of alternates, for a lot of people still... And it's going to be this way for a long time. Cable might be quote-unquote dying, but it's not disappearing anytime soon. There's still going to be a TV cable audience. So, honestly, your best thing is to put on a product that people want to see. AEW right now has a very rabid fan base. And even though I said the one thing I want is for their fans to realize some things on their show are not perfect, you know... They're See, still I, very loyal to their fan to their product, and as long as AEW continues to put out a show that they want to see, they're going to keep those fans. Now you want to? No, go ahead. Uh, so I've been talking to some people that are actually in the TV business, and a lot of them are basically saying that TV is dying. It's it, it's, it's on borrowed time right now. <laughs> yeah, it's slowly dying, but it's not. It's not. It's not on life support yet, so. As far as... Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, if you want to make stuff, you go to Disney Plus, or you go to Netflix, or you go to Hulu, and you sell it. Instead of taking it to Turner or CBS, That's you why take it to Netflix. I was very know? hopeful. Or when, take it to HBO. Or I was, Amazon. 
I was very hopeful when Lucha Underground went to Netflix because I thought that was going to save them, but it did not. And that was that was disappointing. Um, but yeah, you can still grow your TV cable Probably. audience. Here's the thing. If you're putting out a product... I mean, look at New Japan. New Japan is a product that a lot of wrestling fans want to watch because they like what they put out. So what does New Japan do? They created their own streaming service. And if you're... They know we're in demand. Here's a service to watch us. And that's how they're going to survive now. I'm not saying AEW has to go nuts and make their own streaming service, but they can also they need to hurry up and get their own streaming service. <laughs> they, need, they need to but AEW would be very wise to work out a deal with any streaming service at this point. And whether or not TNT plays wells with others or whatever they need to at least be considering it because that's a good way to survive. And, and well, you think about it, there's so many options out there. You you could go with the Hulu or, or any of that route. You could also go to places like Netflix or not Netflix. Um, uh, freaking Amazon who's got, who's, you know, programming is up and coming. Um, they're willing to spend buttloads of money. So, yeah, you know, it's 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 a lot of things like that that you got to start considering. And the and the thing is, if you're putting out a product that people want to see and it's in demand, people are going to find a way to watch it. So, and again, that's that's great for them, um, but they have to they have to realize, just like some of their fans have to realize, they do not have a universally renowned product right now. And if you Yes, and I will say this. Yes, there are some AEW detractors who are way too ridiculous about it, who shit on everything, and that drives me up the wall. Because no, 100% of their show is not terrible. If it was, nobody would be watching it. That's true. There are bad things on the show, but there's good things too. You have to take the good with the bad, just like... I've been telling you, since we started this freaking podcast in 2013, like, I've been telling people with Monday Night Raw, yes, you're right, there's a lot of crap on the program, but there's still some good stuff, and you shouldn't let the bad stuff ruin your enjoyment of the good stuff. Which is why DVRing shit and not watching it live is the coolest thing ever. (laughs) Because when something sucks, you get to fast forward it. Do you know how many Eva Marie matches I fast-forwarded and I am not sorry, Siobhan? <laughs> Every single one that isn't like a battle royal. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, like, it's just... There's so much... Uh, there's so much to unpack with the way streaming services are going. And yes, there are definitely... We're getting to that point where there's going to be too many of them, and it is going to be smarter for some companies to really start putting stuff together, which is why Plex is one of the coolest things ever, because well, you can uh, just... There's already too many. Like, every every channel, whether it be CBS, Fox, yeah. uh, Home and Garden, or HGTV, all those, they all have their own streaming service. Now it's like, okay, now it's just getting ridiculous. <laughs> See, I have somebody who is like... Who was like, I just don't want to get Disney Plus because I just don't want another streaming service. And I said, I understand. I totally understand that. I wouldn't want to either. If you have too many streaming services and there's just one that, like, it's just one more that you don't want, then I totally get it. And I said, but here's the thing. 
Disney Plus for me pays for itself because it has The Simpsons. I can watch The Simpsons anywhere now. Yes, I own the DVDs, but I can be on my phone, a passenger in a car, with my unlimited data plan, and I can load up my phone while we're driving, and I can watch me some Simpsons anytime I want. That sells the app for me. You have to find a reason to get the streaming. And people are like, well, if you get so many streaming services, you might as well just have cable anyway. Yeah, but I'm getting exactly what I want. Now you have the power, right? Yeah. If you don't have 50 channels you're never going to fucking watch that you're still paying for. Right. And like, you know, like for me, I have the WWE network, which my brother pays for. We share it. I've got the New Japan network, which is all me, has been for a couple years now. I've got Netflix, which I borrow from a friend. I've got my own Disney Plus. You know, I, I and I, you know, I share mine out as, you know, uh, the same that I receive from other people. So it's like, you know, it, it, there, there's a way to, you know, be smart about it. Like, I'm not paying $200 a month for cable on channels that I never watch. And I'm just going to say this, and I'm not going to condone this. I'm not going to... uh not going to say go out and do this, but if you're really that desperate to watch something without paying for it and you have an internet connection, you can. Absolutely. You can. I'm not saying go do that, but you can. So, I'm just saying, you can always watch <clears throat> wrestling. <laughs> and believe me. We all know somebody who's got any of the streaming services, and there's probably somebody who's willing to do trade with. I've said it before, and I there was a time when I was willing to trade to get a to get access to Hulu, and I kept offering, and people would be like, "Oh yeah, you know, let me." I remember it was it was some. I don't want to say who it was because I just remembered who it was and they might be listening to the show. So I'm not going to say who this idiot was. This person was an idiot for suggesting this. And if you are listening, you were an idiot for suggesting this. I'm not going to blow your spot. You're an idiot, though. was like, oh, yeah, I'll I'll trade you uh, Hulu for the WWE Network. And they didn't have the fucking paid Hulu. They had the free one. I'm like, you are the stupidest. (sighs) Like, I was so... And I don't think they were doing it to troll. I think they were actually being stupid. So, my apologies if you're listening. <laughs> that was I so... F- exactly who you're talking about before you even started men- mentioning the full story. <laughs> I was like, I remember this. <laughs> oh, so stupid. Anyway... Stupid, stupid. Speaking stupid. of which, I will gladly give somebody the credentials for New Japan World if you give me for DC Universe. Fair trade. That's a fair trade. But uh, we're not going to give out any more credentials right now. We're going to give out points or consequences. Uh, yes. Yes. Thank you for uh, making one of those questions really long because I remembered. That I didn't write any of it down. That is freaking awesome. <laughs> when you didn't hear me for about three minutes there, I was copying and pasting the game. <laughs> That's awesome. I've done that before. Oh, game, I have too. So, game for Glenn this week. Chalk Valentine's. No one really likes them. 
but they're so small and you get them so fast it doesn't really matter you don't care plus they have the cute little sayings on them you know well let's wrestlefy those okay so pick a wrestling person and what it would say and of course it's a little freaking chalk candy so it can't have a full sentence on it you know it's not going to have a dissertation i i don't exactly hate them i don't either but they're also not my first choice so the only ones i never liked but they're not really any good yeah (laughs) i don't like the yellow ones (laughs) all right let's hear let's let's hear these this flavor okay our first entry is luchasaurus your ass ick <laughs> see this is right this is this is exactly the type of thing i was looking for so that's points. points there we go all right i gotta start i gotta start jotting down names now and now we're getting to it right because we're doing oh i made a giveaway yeah i made a boo-boo I, I updated it and it is correct i did rectify it, but i made a boo-boo last week i accidentally deleted the person who you buried because you only buried one person I accidentally deleted them, and I caught myself right when I was doing the update today. And I was like, "Oh shit, I forgot. I can't do that anymore. I have to write down zero because I got to keep track." So I just, I just, because I have a tally of how many times people have played. I just made sure they got their tally up there. But I saw the, the name. Is the person who plays the most tied for the most get a drawing of their own? Yep, they don't win overall. Exactly. exactly. Our next. Candy Heart, the Fiend, let me in. <laughs> All right. See, I like this one. I'm gonna give it points, but this was one of those ones that was like, that's a little on the nose. Well, it could be a sexual thing. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's true. He, I mean, you have a JJ. I, I, I understand that JoJo took those words quite literally. <laughs> Indeed. So much she has a baby. <laughs> Hopefully, it didn't come out in a fiend mask. I hope it, it did. It, it ate its way out. I hope it did. <laughs> All right, so we got points there. Yes. Yep. Up next is Jim Cornette. Fuck me. Goodbye. <laughs> Yep, that would be Jim Cornette. All right. Fuck me. It's, yeah, his his famous line is, thank you, fuck you, bye. <laughs> and this one is begging, begging for a little action, so I will give that points. Yep, points. Up next, Orange Cassidy. Whatever. <laughs> yep. That's accurate. That's very accurate. That's good. Points. <laughs> now, does he pull the hearts out of his pockets? He'd have to remove his hands. You guys need to see the stuff he's been doing with Statlander backstage. I think it'll just like YouTube clips and stuff. There's like one he's trying to open his water bottle and he can't do it because it takes too much effort. <laughs> so she grabs it. And it opens it, but she's too aggro, and she ends up squirting half of it on him, and he no-sells it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm into that character. Freshly squeezed. Jerry Lawler, 
Are you 18? <laughs> For fuck's sake. God damn it. Uh, yes, take your points. You you know who that was, too. I'm sure if I had a guess, I would know. Uh, you're right. I'm going to tell you right now, you're right. <laughs> Van Hammer, you're a hit. <laughs> Piggybacking off of last week's news. Uh-huh. What a dick. God. What a dick. Can I just give you your points and then run you over with a car? That's mean. <laughs> but I already wrote it down, so go for it. <laughs> X is the great Cully. Rabble, rabble. Well, at least they didn't go with <laughs> That's what I would have done. <laughs> nope. I'll take it. Alrighty. Oh, we now have Randy Orton. Let's reunite. Ooh. That's topical. That's very topical. I like that. Yes. That's points. Hello, Edge. <laughs> Dick. Now we have <laughs> Edge. You know me. Of course we do. Yeah, I will give that points as well. Again, little on the nose. If that wasn't so on the nose, I'd have given you. I'd have given. I'd have probably you. Up next is Kevin Dunn. I got wood. first year mark <laughs> ah. Kevin Dunn I got wood <laughs> you'll, you'll never guess who that was either I, I'm sure I won't because it's somebody who's usually last <laughs> oh shit not this well, now time knows who it was. <laughs> not this time this person was almost completely in the middle <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in last place oh this was a popular game huh a bit, yeah. Our next one, Dr. Britt Baker. I do oral. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Earmark that one, too. Yeah, that one popped. Yeah. That one popped me. <laughs> That's one of those, I wish I came up with that one. <laughs> Damn. Oh, this one has a misspelling in it. <laughs> yeah, it does. Joel Gertner. Well, well, well. <laughs> Gertner. <laughs> Gertner. <laughs> I, I will still give. I will still give it its pass. It will get points. This is like the subject isn't, you know, with the. Well, well, well. You know, with the misspelling on the actual heart. We are now at the Chase Owens. Slater. 
I've got kids. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. Dumped. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I will. Again, on the nose, but I will give that points. Because it was on the nose, but still, it's it works for the... It does. It, it does. works for the game, yeah. I would, I would agree with that. Next is James Storm. Sorry about your damn look. <laughs> That'd have to be really small writing. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. The, I, I mean, it, it is a small phrase. You could probably get it all hard. So I, I know I was looking for, you know, a handful <laughs> of words. And really, this is a handful of words. It's five, but I do like it. James Storm is one of my favorites. One of the best taglines ever. So give that points. Damn. I wish you had buried this person. I would have laughed. <laughs> Our next one is Ray May Stereo. <laughs> Six one nine without the one. Jesus. Dude, an... That makes up for the spelling error. <laughs> it does. I'll even give you that one. That makes up for the spelling error. That was very clever. That uh, one... I'll give you. I'll give you your points despite the despite your your spelling mistake. That one popped me too. So. I did not even catch the spelling error, though, until right now. <laughs> May Stereo. All right, every time I see 69, I just think of... Kite Man. Kite Man. <laughs> we might throw out some... Because now, now Dan and I are both caught up on Harley Quinn, so... I still got time for that. ultimate entry. And it says, I quad you. Um, it's gonna tear you up like a quad yeah i'm kind of you know i i'm not not seeing the correlation of how that's like you know a cutie message so i'm gonna say sorry no points oh sorry no points you've been quadded Quad has been torn. Your entry's been torn like a quad. And now, the final entry. Nathan Jones. Consume with milk. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yes. Oh, god damn it. Make sure you dip your little candy hearts in the lovely milk. That'd be nasty shit, dude. That'd be Seriously. I'm talking regular milk, not Nathan Jones's milky teats. Tatesy. The under teatsy. The teatsy fly. The under The under teatsy. Yes. Dear God. I said, take your points, get out of here. God. Take your points, get out of there. All right, you had two earmarks. They were back to back. We've got Kevin Dunn, I Got Wood, and Dr. Britt Baker, I Do Oral. I Do Oral wins. Dr. Britt Baker, who was played by Adrian Cotton, is your winner. 
God damn. You get bonus points to Don Mario, who played wow. pretty much in the middle. Yep. Good for him. Not even last. in the Chase Owens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Dan was the first one out the gate. He was Luchasaurus. Okay. I was first and Chris was last. I, I, I was Nathan Jones. Of course you were. My original entry was was Jeff Hardy and then in parentheses it just said, why did he say RX on them? <laughs> I had something before that, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> and then the other one I thought of was Sting. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> but I remembered that was more of a Pat joke than a Glenn That's... joke. That still probably would have popped me because I remember that whole well, In fact, I, I've played that joke before. Well, guess what's going to happen next time your points are. I know. I'm going to do a whole lot of of my Sting impression, apparently. <laughs> Everybody's going to dot, dot, dot. The, the thing I love the most about the Sting impression is I literally get closer to the microphone. Like, like I pull in like a good half distance to the whenever, <laughs> whenever I would do that. Well, there you have it, guys. Your Valentine's hearts around the corner, and uh, <clears throat> remember, VIP show just for patrons. A tribute to Edge. Check it out, and we'll see you guys next week for free Wrestle Talk here on CKCC Radio. Later. Hey.